you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for this special podcast. It's an ENM mini today. We are talking about five tips for facing overwhelm individually or together. Guys, I am here for you. I have your back for your traumatic conversations. I know sometimes you have over the holidays with your spouse. I know because you invite me into your lives in our sessions and I get to hear about them. I also know because I'm married too and I know that the hard conversations are hard but worthy. So we can do this together. And I'm so excited we're going to do just that today on this ENM mini, totally casual episode. Very brief family updates for you. Very thankful that we are in this season of the kids are rolling. I know many of you are just rolling in your semesters or wherever you're at in your workflow and soon will be disrupted. If you're listening live, you know, like we're right before the holidays. That's why I'm prepping us with this episode, but I hope you're doing well there. We are. Hannah is mostly thriving at college and is just working so hard and allowing herself to take her pace, which is as many of us can relate, not something. I did. I remember rolling through, trying to finish everything, just being so detailed and systematized as to like, how am I going to double major in four years? And how am I going to do this and that? And she's just like, oh my gosh, mom, my advisor's reminding me that I can take my time. And I'm like, you can, Hannah. It's different from how it was for me. And she's dancing at Sarasota Contemporary and also saying, hey, here's my limit. I can't dance in your shows because I'm teaching these little kids over here. And so Melody is thriving in theater and in dance and missing Hannah, but did her first parent preview beautifully this weekend and just really uh, is actually going to use her nine voice and try out for a role when she wasn't going to at first. And Jack is uh, just doing really well. He and I are having so much fun reading. I don't know if you would say the same. I'm having so much fun. We're reading Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, Percy Jackson, number four about the labyrinth. He is loving that. I am loving the former. And we are finding our way together through physics and through our history, which I am loving the history part. And, uh, and so we're we're really going through this part-time and he's doing a lot of other classes a la carte with others. But I really enjoy that part-time that I get to spend with him because I really am busy and I know you are too. And when you can connect with your kids on whatever it is you're doing, maybe you're like, I'm a coach for them or I'm teaching my child to read or right now maybe you have a baby and you're teaching them to walk. It's just a joy to be part of their lives for uh, a portion of the day, even if they're at daycare part of the day or sports or activities or theater. It's so nice to just be like, here's our spaces to connect. I love that and I am grateful for it. I look forward to it daily and Jack keeps me on task. All my kids are like that, but Jack, most of all, Hannah and Jack need the most attention. And then Melody, of course, every listener here who knows a nine knows they need the attention, even if they don't say so they keep me on my toes. 
And I hope that your family keeps you on yours too in good ways, but that you're getting your ongoing, what we talk about here, your rest, your self-care, really taking care. If you're looking at our Wednesday series, if you need extra coaching, I am in the middle of a, a series where we're walking through all the instincts in painstaking detail. So we are walking through the last three weeks, the self-preservation instinct to the micro level. So I'm so excited to really get to focus with you on that the sexual instinct, the social instinct, so you guys can survive and thrive all through your months, your years, even in these busy moments. So that is an ongoing practice we're all doing and also really grateful for the wonderful support here at EM. Again, I won't go through a whole list, but I will say uh, Monday's episode, I'll be in Chicago. So I'm excited that I'm going to be seeing one of my best friends from the Wheaton area and getting to share on Salem Radio up there as well about the book Enneagram and Marriage. So make sure if you haven't grabbed my book, you do so because we have a great sale going on right now. Baker Books is doing a code at their website where it's just using the code EM book. Four zero for 40% off and free U.S. standard shipping. So make sure you grab that for your loved ones. I just had a friend ask me today, can I meet you at the carpool line so that I can get my copy signed for my nephew, his wedding? And I was so touched and honored. So thank you, Dawn. And thank you for all the support out there as we are, you know, walking through life together. Obviously, most of what I'm doing is through podcasts because you hear that my kids are in the busy season, but I just love getting to have little excursions and moments. I'm even taking Hannah with me on that one because she was like, mom, you're leaving me in her floor space. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been promising you to go up in and see this area and meet friends and have family up there. I'm like, just come with me, sweetie. So I'm really grateful. I get to have a little one-on-one time with her as she's growing up so fast. So let's talk about these five tips for how to process through your difficult conversations together. I know that you are so brave and I'm so proud of you for doing this work with me where you're actually trying to walk through having hard conversations. Boy, do I know that with, if you read my book, Wes and I have the emotional center as sort of that immature part. So like some of us are going to be like, oh man, neither of us are logical or neither of us are positive. And for us, it's that reactivity. So it's something that we need to flex more. And a lot of people are like that because we live in this bustling, you know, go, go, go sort of culture. So I want to give you some opportunities to say when we need to have conversations that are tough, what can we do? And then from there also, what can I do when I just need to make sure that I am doing my own work because I'm dysregulated? And that can happen anytime, whether holidays or not. So I'm going to give you these five tips. And the first one I think is my favorite for couples because it has to do with something that we all get into, and that is the negative sentiment override. So that just means that typically when couples are not really intentional and practical with their intentions, they can just fall into like, yes, I want to intentionally be positive with my spouse, but not actually be. And that's not enough. To just intend is not enough. We actually have to live with the intention. And if you read my newsletter, you know I like to say that. So make sure you are living with the intention and putting it into practice by using instead a positive sentiment override. And that really looks like not just the five to one during your conflict when you're having the convert, uh, you know, those conflict difficult conversations of keeping it peppered with five to one. Uh, positives to negatives, 
it also looks like in the rest of your life together, a 20 to one ratio. (laughs) And I know that might feel like a lot. So take a deep breath. If you're feeling like that right now, if you're like, oh my gosh, Krista, that's a way too much. Just understand that when I say that, it just means like, generally speaking, you're not giving your spouse stress all the time, but during conflict, even then you're trying to say, oh, I understand. Help me. I'm curious, like help me to understand where you're coming from or what's the dream behind this that you maybe lost along the way. It seems like you want to see this or that relative. What does that mean to you? Or you wanted to spend our money this way. And there's usually a meaningful story behind it. And even for me on the whole emotional piece, like why wouldn't you want to go into your emotions? Well, because whenever I did, you know, go into emotions, I had a lot of trouble growing up. So there are pieces of us that we want to carry forward into our marriages to say, here's why this or that is hard for me. And that helps our spouse to stay positive with us versus just like, you always, you never, you're all bad, I'm all good, fundamental attribution error. So just keep that in mind, first and foremost, that you're going to be peppering into the hard conversations a really good ratio of about five positives, even if they're just kind of coming around gently, loving on each other, that's always good. And I'm so proud of you. If you are trying to do that, a lot of my clients are like, I'm trying, I'm not always doing it. I'm like, no one is always doing it. This is hard work. Um, So the next piece I'm going to remind you of is of course, after that, you know, keeping the positive 20 to one, hopefully otherwise, I want to remind you of something that is basic. And then we'll get into three newer concepts we haven't talked about as much here. But the basic reminder is the next one of body work, of noticing when you are feeling out of sorts in your body and attending to your body and allowing yourself some chances to really just come alongside yourself with that compassion of, oh, okay, I know that I have a lot of stress today and I'm going to take care of that stress by taking a walk a few times today, or I'm going to allow myself to give myself a butterfly hug, or I'm going to allow myself to turn to each side and just notice that when I do so, uh, I'm really allowing my body and my autonomic nervous system to just really rebalance. And so just moving your body in different ways can help you to communicate that we're not in an emergency to your body and that we are going to be okay. And sometimes that can even just come through a nice deep breath. But often it comes through intentional bodywork practices like getting a massage or taking that walk, like I mentioned, or jog. It can also come with a practice that I've been doing, which is the pure bar classes where I actually go take classes and allow myself to think about other things versus the stressful conversations. Um, and, and I really try to do that with intention and and practice. And so I have to schedule that. I have to make that happen. Or otherwise it would be, I'm loving this beautiful weather. And I know my family is too. Melody was just telling me tonight that they are enjoying, her and her friends are enjoying their final fall <laughs> closures. Like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch these fall movies and we're going to have our, you know, closing up of fall, wearing our Christmas sweaters and, and just allowing yourself time with others to really step into new terrain and to say, you know what, I am just welcoming in new bodily sensations, even fun things like drinking tea or, you know, wearing those new fall clothes or, or winter clothes if you're up north. Um, so make sure that you are just with your own body, noticing what you need body chemistry wise to process through difficult conversations. 
it helps so much for so many of you to take a walk and talk with your spouse or to work out first or to take a nap first. So be aware and intentional. Your body is part of it all, not just your mind, not just your heart. Okay. Now the next one I want to share with you is called containment. And that's a tip that helps couples who and individuals who are feeling overwhelmed, who are feeling like, you know, I honestly did a good job and now I need to find a way to bring in some of this icky conversation we've been having because I am overstimulated. And that containment is really you visualizing, and I'll give you a couple of other ways to do it too, but the biggest, most common way is to just visualize that you are putting away the conversation somewhere. I know Glenda on my team, a staff therapist, she says after her sessions are done for the day, she takes all of her client stories and literally visualizes herself putting them in a jar on the bookshelf and then closing the lid to that jar. I know some children I've walked through therapy with like to use a worry bag and just keep the worries in one spot. But for you, it might be an imagery of you just closing up a chest of treasures or saying, you know what, like these are my treasured thoughts that I don't share with anyone else. These are actually going on a document. It might be that you are just allowing yourself the space to swing back and forth a little bit from, okay, I'll talk about it a little bit. And that's called pendulation. And then I'll come back to safety a little bit too. And that containment of, okay, now I put it away and I know my visual or I'm going to go take that walk is my transition from this stressful conversation. Because I want you to be mindful that sometimes the conversations you need to have with your spouse don't end with a perfect resolution, but instead you're both keyed up a little bit. So you have to be able to say, okay, I love you. I'm putting this conversation away. I need some containment. We can open it back up tomorrow when we're well rested. I love you. And, uh, you know, you can even do that practice together through prayer. If you're, if you're people of prayer, you could say, you know, let's just take a minute to prayer uh, in prayer and to allow God to uh, remind us that we're loved, even though we don't know what we're going to do yet for this or that holiday situation. And let's allow ourselves some space and some breath work just to bring that containment in. So you're not shoving it away for good. You're just taking breaks and pendulating a bit. Now, another tip I want to give you is called safety switching. And that is where you're allowing different body sensations to help you to process your stress. So one of them might be uh, a power move where you're like, oh, I felt so powerless with this person in my life in the past. And I'm going to give a power move where I'm going to put my hands on my hips or I'm going to lean back in my chair and I am going to make sure that I empower myself to stand strong and to make sure that my family member knows that I am able to set the boundaries I need to. It might even look like you saying, I'm going to hang up on this phone call or I'll email you tomorrow or I'm not going to be able to text you back tonight. These are these little switches that you wouldn't think that they matter that much, but they do because they put you back in the driver's seat of your emotions so you're not dysregulated as much. And it's just little safety switches. It could even be something as simple as leaning back into your chair or if you're walking outside and having a difficult conversation, you could lean on a tree. Now my six wing just thought of all the bugs on that tree, but still, <laughs> you know what? We're just going to romanticize you leaning on a tree right now and you can lean and there will not be caterpillars and ants and spiders crawling all over you. Or if they are, oh, well, sometimes I just risk it. And I always tell that to my husband. I'm like, you know what? I just need my time in the woods. I'm going to get bitten up. It is okay. Um, but otherwise just make sure that you allow for some safety switching that will allow for you to be able to, uh, to feel the safety that you need, whether it be standing, sitting, breathing, this is all about you. Even smiling can be a safety switch where you're like, Ooh, I understand that 
it's just strange that the feel good hormones get released when we smile. And I'm going to bring that into this conversation right now, because I want to bring some of that in. And there's a bit of a neurological shift when we do that. The last tip I want to bring to you for this season of your conversations that are difficult is coping ahead. I want to help you to understand that sometimes it's helpful to picture what's going to happen or what could happen. And a lot of times you'll hear me say, don't negatively forecast, don't chain ahead. And I can do that very quickly as a thinking type. It's good and bad, right? But what we want to do sometimes in the good way with the coping ahead is to plan for the situations when we can almost certainly expect something's going to happen, whether it be that we know this family member starts drinking and then talking to us in mean ways, or we know this family member will maybe show up even uninvited. Or uh, what we always notice is this one doesn't want us to leave and then they say something and allow yourself to have your own exercise with this where you picture a different way of responding. It might even come when you and your spouse are typically always having an argument around this time of the year. And you can say this year when we start to get agitated and I feel us getting worse, I'm going to close my eyes and picture ahead of time what I'm going to do. And it might be something peaceful, like I'm just going to let my spouse know I need to read a book for a little while, or I need to drive separately to that party. So coping ahead can be a great strategy. It's not always a doomsday prediction. Sometimes it's actually a beautiful strategy for keeping you guys connected and as a team. So from this tip all the way back to the first one of making sure that you guys are incorporating in a lot more positives than negatives together. And then all these tips in between about keeping your body work going and your safety switching and your containment. I know you are going to have a better time with the difficult conversations. I also want you to be mindful that I have so many nuanced tips for you in my book. So don't forget that. I'm so thankful for you. Have a wonderful midweek or whenever you're listening and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramInMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.